0: Now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist Scott Sharp.
1: Welcome to a very special edition of Gardening Talkback this Monday afternoon. The last for 2018, Scott Sharp joined with Judy Sharp. Dear me, where has the year gone? Jude's another year older? Well, we're all another year older. (laughs) Well, no, but she's
0: like, she's 101 now. It's fantastic.
2: Ho 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 ho. (laughs) I had to come today because you forgot Greg's Christmas present. what's, What's he got?
3: There
0: you go. Oh, go. fantastic. Oh. He's always talking about his lawn. He's He's got some fertiliser for his lawn. Oh, excellent. Yes. That'll you, be put to good use. You can go sprinkle it around this afternoon and hope it rains.
2: And now I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: you're done, that's you're it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'll have to need a demonstration, though, of how to use it. Okay. Well, we'll uh, come up and sprinkle it around for you. Excellent. That'll be, that'll be even better. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you see my lawn, no, you won't be impressed. <laughs> Jude's going to mow the grass as well. What do you guys got for us today?
0: Well, it is Christmas, so I thought we might do the uh, Christmas special. We'll talk about mistletoe, Yep. holly, how to look after your Christmas tree, and uh, anything else people might want to ask about uh, Christmas, poinsettias, anything. And, Scott, you mentioned something earlier about mistletoe, and Holly, yes, mistletoe. It's it's well, it's one of the sort of you know, the, the plants that you most recognise about Christmas. It's anonymous with Christmas. It's anonymous. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you. You kiss hundred. Yes, that's what you do, isn't it? If you kiss someone under the mistletoe, what happens then? I'm not sure. Does it go any further? Do you get married? Or I don't think there's that legal requirement, is there afterwards? <laughs> no, Otherwise, more a lot of marriage yes, from mistletoe. <laughs> but look, we don't really have it here in Australia. It's more of a European plant. Although we yep. do have a parasitic plant. Uh, very similar to mistletoe, and you sometimes see that in gum trees, uh, clinging onto gum trees in okay. certain places. Yeah, so it actually can do uh, quite a long, lot of damage uh, to the gum trees, the native one. Uh, but uh, yeah, mistletoe is a parasitic plant. It just uh, clings onto the branches of other trees. Uh, it, look, it's, it's a very, very sort of um, you know sacred and magical plant, apparently in Christian folklore. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's, it's there for uh, for Christmas, and, yeah, and, it's, it, and the big thing is about kissing. And it's
1: you use the force people to kiss you. Yes, that's that's about anything would be good for, really. So if I wanted to get mistletoe, mm-hmm. I, I'd have to make my own, or yeah, go to the shop and buy some plastic stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But it, look, that it doesn't even cheaper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. I, I, yeah, don't go to the Christmas party or anything like that and hold it over, you know, the the nicest girl's head and say, "Time for a kiss."
1: Yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. That's a little bit aggressive, <laughs> it is, isn't it? I think charges will be involved. <laughs> that that <laughs> certainly would be. That's, that's... <laughs> and we've got Karen from Rankin Park, and she needs advice on what insecticide to use to get rid of mosquitoes that won't harm the hedges. Hey, Karen, how can we help you?
4: Yes, hello. How are you? Yeah, very well. Good. Um, yes, we've, got, um, we've recently moved into Rankin Park and we've got box hedges and lily-pilly hedges. They seem to be like a, a wonderful harbouring for um, mosquitoes. And every time you go near them, you're, you're sort of, you know, swarmed by these mosquitoes. And I was wondering if there was anything sort of actually more along the um, uh, natural... um, that you put on those sort of plants and you won't actually kill the plant.
0: Yeah, look, that, that's fine. Look, you could use any insecticide on on plants like that, and it's not going to mm-hmm. actually harm the plant. But I mean, as far as our you know poor fragile environment goes, it's you know probably not good to be uh, going out there spraying willy nilly with you know really harsh chemicals. So no, no. Well,
4: I was sort of thinking like a pyrethrin or something yeah, like that. And, look,
0: and you have hit the nail on the head, which is harder yep. than hitting a mozzie in the middle of the night when it's buzzing around. You. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's for sure. Oh
0: dear me! Uh, I, I, look, I uh, didn't realise I could fly so high. I was down in Sydney the other week, up in, I think, about the yeah. fifth storey, and somehow the little buggers had found their way up into an open window there as well. Oh, they're I mean, absolutely
5: they shocking here.
4: Like last year, we had, yeah, we had we um, had a lot of people out doing, um, you know, sort of construction work, and they, they were saying they are going to put on their bill, you know, for,
5: <laughs> 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 for lots of repellent that <laughs> were that bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, look, so, look uh, the, the best thing to do then is to, to get some pyrethrum and just generally spray... Uh, you know, those uh, those Buxus hedges. I, I'd probably do uh-huh. it, uh, you know, around about four or five o'clock in the hour. I'm, to, I'm not talking, I'm talking sort of uh, daylight saving here, aren't I? I will be spraying yeah. it around about dusk when you know they're going to come back out and start to become right. active.
6: Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, during the middle of the day, they're going to hide as deeply as possible oh, yeah, as they can yeah. in those plants. So when, uh, it, when it gets to about uh, dusk, I'd I'd definitely get out there and have a a bit of a spray around. The other thing about Uh doing that is there won't be any bees lurking around. Yes, Uh,
4: yes. Well, that was one thing that, you know, concerned me.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so doing that. And look, the great thing about pyrethrum as well is, uh, you know, it's not going to be absorbed in by the plant, so... Uh, you're not not going to actually pose any danger to the bees Uh by doing that. You're just going to, uh, you know, affect anything that it contacts. So Uh you just soak those bucks or whatever you've got and let it uh, get in there to where the uh, the mozzies are and hopefully Uh they won't come in and uh, hassle you in the middle of the night.
2: Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Scott, could I have a word? Yes. Greg, can you please, um, every now and then, let me have a couple of words because you can see what he's doing here. Karen.
7: <laughs> he's taking over, is he? Oh,
2: absolutely and totally, darling. <laughs> what about citronella candles? Citronella, yeah. Yes, that wonderful. was another thing that was on my list, actually. Yeah. We'll see, Scott yeah. forgot that, you know. You can't always take his word for word. What right? do you do, what do, you do if, it's to, if it's
0: a total fire ban? How do you have a citronella candle out, candle out there burning? Chickenella oil. Ah, ah there ah, we go, see.
2: Ah, see. You try, he tried to trap me then, Karen. It wasn't that's that difficult. What, that's <laughs> what it was all about. I hope no, you're you too, have a... You're too smart, Judy. <laughs> I hope you have a lovely, lovely Christmas, dear. Thank and, you very um, much, and you too. And put the air Garden on. Yeah, lots of their regard, Yes, yeah.
4: <laughs> and thank you both for the, um, the program through the year. It's um, very informative. But yeah,
0: she's, lovely. She's only been here. here a couple of times. Karen, don't do that. Thank, thank Greg. <laughs> I'm,
4: I'm, I'm thanking
2: both. I'm thanking three of
4: you.
3: Oh,
0: there we go. Oh, thank you.
2: <laughs> He got okay, a shock today, you. Karen. He didn't expect me to be here.
0: Trust me. What's the opposite to a pleasant surprise? <laughs> <laughs> I'll
4: have to think about that one. Okay.
0: Thanks for that, Karen. Ring back when you get got the answer for
1: me, please. <laughs> Great. Okay. See <laughs>
4: See you later. Thanks, Scott. Bye bye. Thank you.
3: Bye.
1: Cheers, thanks, Karen. We've got Loretta now from Warner's Bay and she's got a question about dwarf blood grapefruits. Hey Loretta, how can we help you?
3: Have a Nope. Could you just
5: tell me the answer to that question that, that you just asked the lady? Don't tell anybody else, just me.
0: The opposite to a pleasant surprise? Or, yes. You know, I'm not sure. It's, it was lurking in the, <laughs> here in the studio when I got here. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with a little Christmas hat on and everything. Ho, 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 <laughs> ho, ho.
7: Well,
5: I've got about half a dozen lying on the floor
0: here. Oh, very nice.
5: We're just waiting for this afternoon to get all dressed up. But anyway, my blood grapefruit, I've noticed there's a small, seems like a a break or it's trying to bend above where the uh, graft is. I'm wondering if I can do anything to mend it or put something on it and like a a, um, stocking around it to hold it from if it.
0: Yes. It's, it's, so, it's so, only
5: leaves at the moment.
0: I've only had it a couple of months. Okay, so it's only a new plant. I w- have you got yes. the plant staked at the moment? Yes. Okay, that's good. So I, I'd make sure it's nice and tightly staked. Um, yes. There is a product you can get out there called SteriPrune. Prune. Uh, it's a, a tar-based paint. You can either get it in an aerosol or in a little tin. And I would actually paint that on the area... Uh, just to seal up any wound to make sure that no pest and disease gets in there. The right. other thing you can do is there's a product out there as well. It's just called budding tape and it's just this clear plastic tape and I would wind that around there, around that area, after you've done the Steri prune and let it dry for a little while just to uh, strengthen that, that bond as well and the uh, the staking and hopefully over time it will just sort of callus up and uh, grow stronger for you. Oh,
5: good. Is that S-T-E-R-I-
0: P-R-O-O-N. Uh, Sterry prune, P-R-U-N-E at the end. Ah, uh, prune. Yeah, prune. The, the other yeah. thing with the the budding tape is you'd only leave it on there for oh, look, probably four to six months. And after that, you'd take it off again and uh, just see what's happening in under there and make sure that everything okay. started to work properly with the plant.
5: I thought honey with it uh, wrapped by a... A piece of stocking around it because that lets the air in and honey's good for some of the plants.
0: Yeah, I, yes. I'd be more inclined to try and seal it up with the Steri Prune uh, so right, you, you don't do get that. any pest and disease in there.
5: Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. okay, wonderful. Thanks, Loretta. Yes, and thanks to you all and have a, a very happy, holy and healthy Christmas and New Year.
1: And to you too. Thanks for the call.
5: Thank you. Okay, right bye
1: Bye. Bye. We've got Peter now from the coal, coal, coal point <laughs> and he's got a question about gardenias.
2: Hello, Peter. I'll
1: help you on this one. Thanks, Judy.
8: Um, my gardenias have stopped um, flowering, so is now the time to prune them?
2: Yes, definitely. And, yeah. you know, it's a wonder with all the weather we had at the weekend, the brown flowers didn't just drop off and blow away which would well, make it easier wouldn't it?
8: Yeah that sort of happened too. Yeah um, yeah. So I I... give it a fairly hard prune back?
2: Yes you can. Uh, do you really want to prune them hard though at this time of year?
8: I've got uh, two that uh, I've, I've got them in a well I'm trying to form a hedge and I've got two that are well established um, so I want to cut them back to the same height as the, the rest of them.
2: Yeah look that's fine but I wouldn't do it if we've got intended heat Right. Because, you you know, you'll get new growth and that might burn very easily.
8: Yep,
2: OK. So just choose the day you're going to do it.
8: And after that, give them some cow manure and some Epsom salts?
2: Yeah, definitely cow manure. You'll use the Epsom salts if, the, um, if it's really yellow, but I'd do cow manure firstly.
8: All right. Um, and a second question, I'm building an arbour and I want to put something over it like grapes or something similar that will give shade in the summer then during the winter the leaves fall off so i've got a bit of sun it, is there a particular type of grape or a particular plant that i can put in oh a
2: certainly you want an ornamental grape
8: um well ornamental or eat them if um if that's possible
2: yeah it is possible peter but they're a little bit hard to get hold of at the moment uh, i think uh you know we were at one stage scott when we sourcing
0: them from queensland uh yes yes we were actually i saw a beautiful grape over in uh, elizabeth street ties hill yesterday uh driving up there and it actually the two houses are sharing it has grown from one house right across it and then across to the veranda on the other house it just looks spectacular yeah we stopped that we stopped the car to get out and have a look did you take a photo? It uh, didn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been invasion of their privacy.
2: <laughs> yes, Peter, that's, uh, I think it's something to do with a fungal disease when they're bred in New South Wales, so we were having to source them out of state, so you mightn't find it easily to buy one, but you'll certainly find an um, ornamental grape or a Virginia creeper. Virginia creeper or
8: ornamental. Yep. And do they grow fairly quickly?
2: Oh, yes. yep. All Don't right. do um, wisteria or whatever you do because it will take over your arbor and knock it down. Mm, OK.
8: All right, so ornamental grape or what was the other one?
2: Virginia creeper.
8: Virginia creeper. OK, I better write that down.
2: OK. Thank you, thank you very much. I hope that's helped you, Peter.
1: It has. And we've got Helen from Walsand, and she's got a question about the Zanzibar gem. Afternoon, Helen. How can we help you? Yeah, so-
3: yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, I've had a Zanzibar gem for quite a few years. Um, I've repotted it up about three months ago, but people, different people, say, oh, you shouldn't give them too much water. You shouldn't fertilise them. What is the what is the the truth? I mean, mine at the moment it just looks a little bit, bit pale yellow. Its the leaves are going a bit yellow, and I've had it for about five or six years, and mm. I've got it
0: inside. Okay. Look, uh, Zanzibar Gem is a fantastic indoor plant. It actually uh, comes from from Zanzibar and Africa and Kenya and that sort of African area. Uh, It's uh, got a really green, glossy leaf and these sort of funny fat bits down the bottom of the stem and it's really quite an attractive indoor plant. Apparently they they grow it with great success in Scandinavian countries. Uh, Now, the the one thing about them is all the reading I've done and, and looking after them is that they don't like... You know, drying out completely Uh, But, you know, conversely They don't like sitting in a saucer of water And soaking up water all the time So they like to be, you know, given a drink You know, it gets, you know, dries out a little bit Then you give it another drink So it's not something that, you know, likes the extremes It likes to be just kept, uh, you know, in that middle sort of ground uh, look, if you do, if it's getting a bit full for the pot, it might be worth repotting it again. Uh, but otherwise, you should be fertilising it. Uh, any indoor plant that's starting to look a bit sad like yours is, you know, a little bit yellow, I would definitely uh, be uh, giving it some fertiliser. Now, they're a green leafy plant. So you try and get a, a nitrogen-rich fertiliser. There's uh, one called Flourish Green and Growth, which is actually very good for indoor plants like that. Yep. Uh, and it, it will get, it's a liquid fertiliser so it will give it a, uh, a bit of a spruce up quite quickly for you I'm not saying that it's going to be looking perfect for you by Christmas
3: oh, I'm not worried about <laughs> that I've had this for years and I absolutely love it and I would hate to lose it now but it's just it's getting new, you have how the fronds come up they curl up and then yeah. they just sort of open up the like the stems they yeah. come up, but it's doing that all right. But it just doesn't look green enough. It just looks a little bit
0: yellowy. Yes, yeah, so it's d- definitely time for a feed in that case. So
3: I don't think I've ever fed it. Oh
0: well, much. there so, we go. <laughs> I know you've had a feed. I had you know every everything needs a feed. You know your cat, your dog, yeah, your, p- sure, your plants. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah. So uh, I'd definitely give it a feed. The liquid fertiliser. I would also get uh, you know one of those uh, fertilisers, little pellet fertilisers like Osmocote. So what that does, it it gives it a three to four month slow release over that time. Right. And you're going to be giving it every couple of weeks the flourish, green and growth and just sort of giving it an instant boost with that liquid fertiliser. Flourish, green and growth. Okay, I'll write that down. And water it regularly. Don't let it stay soggy. Don't let it get really dry.
3: Yep, well, I've heard the opposite, so you're getting different information, and it's very frustrating. Oh, that's, um, you,
0: you can trust me. You Really, you can.
3: I, no I, no <laughs> doubt. And as I said, I just want to keep it. I don't want to lose it.
0: Yeah.
3: I appreciate your help. So it's called Flourish Green and Growth.
0: Green and Growth, and don't let it get incredibly dry. Don't let it sit in, in water. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. Good on you, Helen. Thanks very much for that.
2: Helen, I'll Hi. just throw one to you, darling. Our, uh, our plants at the nursery, they're getting a lot of new shoots on them and they are very pale. I think oh, it's, okay. it's when they get old, the leaves harden, that they go that deep green. Oh, okay. I'm very surprised, looking at ours getting new growth at the moment, they're like soft and very pale but I'm sure they will harden up and then they go to the deeper green. But Scott's kind of all right He'll, You know, the flourish will help.
3: OK, well, I've got that. But some of the, some of the stems look OK, but there's one in particular that just looks lighter than the others. But I have, like you, Judy, yes, had some new growth in the last month or so. So, yeah, they took a while to come through, but they're through. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll persevere and I'll work it all out, and I really appreciate your help. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. We've got Michael now from a singleton. He needs advice about a white fly problem. Michael, how can we help you with it, mate?
0: Michael. Uh, No good. Look, uh, white fly is a really difficult uh, sort of insect to get rid of. Uh... Are you there now, Michael? Yes, hello. How can we help you with the white fly, mate? Yeah, I've got
6: um, a few hibiscus plants. Yes. And so, it wasn't a problem when I had about a half a dozen, and now I've got about 90 of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, the white fly just tries, crazy, I can't give them, I've tried everything. Um, and even now, they're starting to attack the, um,
0: uh, the tomato plants. Okay, look. What, what I'm going to suggest to you is a product called uh, neem oil, and you can get that at your local garden centre. And it, it's pretty well known that that will get rid of uh, white fly. Uh, now, you can use that uh, on your uh, hibiscus. The only thing I would do is check the instructions about using it on edible plants. Yep. So that's called neem oil, N-double-E-M, and it's actually uh, an oil based from another plant, but it seems to choke the white fly and the eggs and get rid of it.
6: All right, yep. Yep. Cool. I'll give that a try. And
0: Unfortunately, all the other insecticides just don't seem to work on it. It's such a virulent little guy, uh, but
1: neem oil is the one to get and give that a try.
0: No worries. Thanks very much for that. Okay, good on you, Michael. Have a nice afternoon, mate. You too. Okay, bye-bye.
1: It's Gardening Talk back on 2 FM. If you've got a question for the sharps, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we're still in Singleton. We've got Alan, and he's trying to go lavender, but he's not having a lot of success. What's going on, Alan? What aren't you doing right, mate?
6: Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to find out. <laughs> I, um, I keep—I've got them me in the pot.
0: Yeah.
6: Um, I've had three or four, and I had them along the bank. I'm out of Singleton, a bit of a good farm here. Yes. And I lost them along the bank. Now I've got
0: them in the fern and I've got one left. Right, so I okay. I keep it watered and all the rest of it. And... Okay, well look, lavender don't like being in the shade. They are a full sun plant, so I'd, I'd sort of get it out of the fernery quick smart, but not out into the full sun straight away. Uh, you have oh. to graduate it out there. But yep. look, certainly they will grow out in the full sun for you. Uh, up in Singleton, you know, humidity's not so bad, so they should grow quite well for you. Uh, just make sure that they're, they're well watered probably not over the top but just around the base, especially for the first three months after you've put them in yeah. uh, and, and look, you really should uh, you should have plenty of success with lavender up there in Singleton uh, Have right. you been, were you fertilising with anything or uh,
6: uh, Not at present, no I just keep it watered in the fernry you know, and um, the one i got left is flowering but uh, the other few have just died off and
0: Yeah, okay I well,
6: haven't fed it with anything, that's why I might sort of
0: find out yeah no look well, don't feed it with anything uh no. but definitely get it from out of the fernery get it out into you know some sun yep. uh, i wouldn't put it out there direct you know directly because uh, no. you've had it in the fernery for a little while so you just need to yep. graduate it out there maybe under a tree somewhere where it's getting some dappled light for a few days and then yep. finally out into the full sun again and plant it out there OK, and don't feed it with any ink at all? No, not at this stage. Not. It'll probably be a little bit stressed from its move, so I just get it out there and uh, start watering it as normal. And, and once it takes after that first couple of months, uh, you should have no problems growing lavender at Singleton. Perfect place for it.
6: Oh, OK. <clears throat> Excuse
2: me, Scotty, I'm just wondering what kind of lavender it is. Alan, what variety is it?
6: Uh, easy. you got me buggered here. It's... Um... <laughs> I bought it a fair while back. There's no nursery here now, so I bought it out of uh, Big W. Right. Uh, was it six,
2: French seven lavender? A ago. And oh, you've had it that long. Well, you haven't done too badly.
6: No, with ones. the only ones. Only one survived. Yeah. Um, and then, um, where it sits in the furnace and gets the morning sun, and uh, you get the flowers there, but I'm trying to save this one. Yeah, so I
2: was wondering if it was English lavender. Sometimes that can be a bit testy. Oh, mm. you see, there's no uh, garden centre in Singapore anymore,
6: so mm. there's no one you can ask, you
2: know. No, but you can always ring this programme and,
1: and That's send photos. Yeah, yeah no,
2: but I was going to say send photos into Scott. He loves to get photos.
1: Which he can do. How and, do fo- we, and how do we get, fo- how do we get photos, uh, Greg? We get do that via our <laughs> e- email, address. email address, which is gardening at twinurfm.com
6: uh I don't have none of that modern technology. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> <TV>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I'm with you on that one, Alan. I'd take a photo and mail it
6: down to the studio. Yeah, or well, maybe I could go for a drive, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why
3: not?
0: That gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> and take notice
6: of what I was talking to that girl on the phone. Eat uh, plenty of garlic. And the flies don't come
0: near you during the summer. <laughs> 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 okay, Alan. Well, thanks very much for that, mate. And thanks
1: very much for the help. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, uh, it's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you've got a question, 49216216. And we've got Brian from Budgiewoy. And he's got some problems growing his veggies. Oh, Brian, veggies. Yeah.
2: yeah. What, you, what yeah. kind of veggies? <laughs> tomatoes? So I've,
6: got, um, uh, I've got good crops of tomatoes but it's cucumber, pumpkin, and zucchini. Now, what happens is they go to a certain size and then they go rotten and drop off.
2: Okay, so they're all so uh, You've probably got a fungal disease in them. Uh, is that when they flower that they're, dro- you know, they're dropping off?
3: No, they actually
6: get to, a, a, you know, a, a three or four inches long and then they just drop off. Um, the pumpkins... They get about the size of a golf ball, and they
2: go yellow, and they just drop off. Right. I think you've got a fungal disease, but I might swing this one over to Scott, because he's an Ah. expert on growing veggies. He grows them Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah.
0: What do you think, Scott? Yeah, Brian, what, what can often happen is you can get uh, Jude's half right, um, which is a change. Uh, you can actually get a thing called, blo- like, blossom end rot. Uh, Mangos can get it as well. So you get this fungal disease in the flower and then it spreads down as the fruit grows and continues into, into the fruit. Uh, what you do need to do is go and grab some sort of fungicide. There's one called copper oxychloride. Uh, there's another one called mancozeb+. Plus. And you need to start right. spraying your cucumbers uh, and your pumpkin as well once you start seeing the flower forming. And that keeps the uh, fungal yeah. disease under control for you. Yeah, right. Well, okay. And, and look, and, mate, you can also, even when the fruit's on there with those uh, two fungicides I mentioned, they're not harmful yep. in any way, so you can actually spray the fruit as well to stop any... Uh, you know fungus uh, fungal spores moving up through the soil into the into the fruit as well but i think the best thing to do is get onto it early uh once those flowers are formed and stop that fungal disease spreading down through the flower into the uh into the cucumber or into the pumpkin yeah right
6: okay yeah because i've grown these things in previous years and (laughs) had no problems at all but this year
0: yeah, and look, that, and that's the yeah. that's the unfortunate thing about fungal spores. You know, they can be introduced, or blown around by the wind into your garden, and yep. uh, you know they settle on the soil. Then you go and water, and they actually get splashed up. They're very, you know, very very light. Um, you know, bits yeah, like right. yeah, borne around by the wind, and yep. uh, that they'll spread them that way. Uh, you know, you just have to have a humid uh, period of time, rain at a certain period of, period of time, and all of a sudden it's it's you know taken off. It's uh, going gangbusters yeah. in your garden. So I, I reckon getting some of that copper oxychloride is going to be the way to go for you. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Not a problem at all, Brian. You have a nice afternoon. You, you too. Okay, good luck with it, Cheers. And a good Christmas, yeah. Have a good Christmas. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Yeah. Cheers,
1: bye. We've got Deborah from Katara South and she's got a question about red-hot pokers. Deborah, how can we help you?
7: Hi, oh, good afternoon. Yeah, a Two months ago I planted them and they really flourished, they multiplied like rabbits and lush green growth. Um, Just lately to the last couple of weeks, they've been going pink on the the tip of the leaf backwards and then going brown and they look pretty sad and sorry at the moment. Just wondering what could be wrong with them.
0: Uh, Yeah, that that sounds unusual with them. Look, again, it could be some sort of fungal disease with the rain that we've had moving back down through them because uh, Red Hot Poker is actually a plant from South Africa where it's it's nice and dry over there. So introducing it here into the uh, humidity uh, around Newcastle on the east coast of Australia is probably not going to be Um, you know, that's going to be the thing that's going to knock it over if it does. I would go and grab a a fungicide from your local garden centre, like copper oxychloride or Mancozib Plus, and uh, start start treating it with that. Uh, Look, and the only reason I'm I'm pointing at at the fungal disease is because often you see kangaroo paws uh, suffering from that uh, pinking, uh, you know, and then the little spots that it dies off and moves back down through the leaf of the plant. So I'm thinking that the red-hot poker is probably being affected in the same way.
7: Right, yeah, because um, the 12 months, which is the second um, summer, yeah. and they've been going great guns, and I've had beautiful flowers on them, and, and just the last, say, two weeks, they've been going this way. So, And the, they're in... Um, I've got some in a retaining wall and sat on the ground on a little spot where the, the rain can, you know, moisture can run away from them. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I thought it might have been just the weather
0: we've had. Yeah, look, and, and, and it can be that, but it can be, I, I think we were talking to, uh, to Brian about his veggies and his, his cucumbers and the way the fungal spores can be blown around. Uh, And and I I think that that would be just a a good, you know, safe thing for you to do just to eliminate, uh, you know, fungal disease with them. So that's a cop, uh, copper oxychloride or Mancazep Plus, and your local yeah. garden sh- centre should have those. Uh, they're a powder uh, and you mix them up in, in water and dilute it down that way and then spray it all over the plant. You'll leave sort of a, uh, a, a like a blue or a cream, uh, very light coating over the plant, but that's great. And it's actually protecting it, uh, you know, for some time, uh, you know, at least until you get the next rain. Oh, okay then, great, okay. thank
7: you. And it's fine to um, cultivate like, um, separate them,
0: multiplying so beef. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, be- absolutely. You can stick the spade down through the middle of them. Uh, you can get the, you know, the shears and cut them up. But uh, yeah, they're they're quite a tough plant. Uh, you know, they can be transported around. Uh, you know, sort of out of their, you know, out, with no soil around them. Uh, you know, if they're, they're going to survive in, uh, you know, sort of those hot climate uh, conditions in South Africa, you know, they're a tough plant. Yeah. Okay. Then
7: great. Thank you very
0: much for Okay. Not a problem, Deborah. You have a nice afternoon.
1: Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. We've got time for a couple more calls. We've got Barb from Points and she's got a question about hydrangeas. Barb, how can we help you with your hydrangea?
7: Okay, I started this fire cutting mm-hmm. right with third hormone powder. Yes. And it's in its third year and it's just beautiful.
0: Yeah.
7: And I've done the blueing and I've got it turning purple. Good, good. Blueing, and I'm not sure about cutting the heads off when they're dying
3: back. How far do I cut them?
0: Yeah, so with hydrangeas, you can cut the flower heads off, you know, once they start to die back because they start to look a little bit unsightly, especially around this time of year. Uh, so, look, what you do with a hydrangea, to get it to reflower, and you might get a, another flush of flowering out of your hydrangea, you actually cut it down to the double bud. So when you go down the stem of the plant, sometimes you'll see one little single bud or one leaf poking out, and yeah. then other times you'll see... Two, you know, side by side on either side of the stem, and that's the Mm -hmm. one you want. So you you go down and prune just above that, and that will all but guarantee that you're going to get another flower coming back out of that. It might not happen, uh, you know, you might get another flush of of flowers in a month's time or so. Sometimes, you know, quite often you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, certainly in the long run for the plant, pruning back down to the double bud is the way to get your hydrangeas uh to to flower properly for you and that's what you do thank you and that's what you do in winter when they've lost all their leaves and you're going to give it a prune you know july sort of thing you go back and start pruning down to the double bud and when you get to october november you will have a magnificent uh you know hydrangea with just flower heads all over you won't be able to see the green leaves for the (laughs) for the flowers all over the top of it oh
7: this is just so good it's
0: just out of control. Oh,
7: fantastic.
0: <laughs> of I, oh, great. Have you been cutting some, taking them inside? or? No, no. I
7: just
0: like looking on them outside. Okay. Yeah, look, so they also do make a very nice cut flower. You know, they're that sort of vascular plant. They'll soak up water and, and um, keep uh, looking quite nice for you. Is uh, it a cut flower inside? Yeah, uh, they're
7: very thirsty.
0: They they are very thirsty plants. A little bit like me on a, the hot Sunday
1: afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Okay, thank you so much
1: and have a nice Christmas. Okay, you too. Thanks very much for that, Bob. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Barb. I think we've got time for one more caller and we've got Sandy from Talara. And she, well, it's asked for you, Judy. She's got a question about well, <laughs> Holly. Wow. Well, let's go. Hoya. Hoya. Hoya.
2: Hoya. Oh, Sandy. I, I was trying to look at it and work out whether it was Holly or Hoya. So, Hoya, what can I Ahoyah. help you with? Yes, yeah, beautiful plant.
5: I've got problems with it. The leaves are
2: starting to turn, uh, to, to turn up a bit. And they're going soft as well? Um, some are, some not. Right, okay. And how are you going with the watering? You keeping yeah, the water up to it. them?
5: Okay, yeah, but not fertilising because I'm
2: allergic. Oh, okay. Look, but Holly's Hoyas actually don't really need a lot of fertilising they love old mulch so when you pot them you always pot them into you know a very fibrous mix and they don't like to be fertilised in actual fact they live on that mix so you've done the right thing there uh is it in a hanging basket or in a pot it's in a pot hanging under my awning on the front veranda in the sun it's in the full sun is it uh, the sun comes across the veranda. Oh, I think we'll find a new place for it, dear. Yeah. I think I'd move it out of the sun, particularly at this time of year. Move it back out of the sun and, uh, you know, just be a little bit careful with your watering, but definitely don't fertilise it. Yeah, OK, then. OK. Does that help okay. you, Sandy? Can, can I put some of that straw around it? Straw... Uh, you mean sugarcane or what kind um, of if fibrous? Is it straw or is it real straw or is it um, just a mulch? Uh,
3: it's a mulchy sort of straw.
2: Yes, look, that won't hurt it at all because they do like that kind of fibrous food. Yeah, okay. Okay, hope that helps you, Sandy. Yeah, okay. Have a merry Christmas and stay safe. And you too, dear. Okay, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.
1: Cheers, thanks very much, Sandy. It's Guarding Talk back on 2 and you are at FM. Oh, well, we're almost out of time for a, a year. A, a whole year? Again, I say, where where did it go to? It's gone like like that. We should have done
0: a best of special this year, looking fondly back to February, March, Just looking Eastern. back at all the
1: great memories we had throughout the year. Yeah, the, the burning bush segment. Ah, oh, the classic burning <laughs> bush segment. Did
0: we do the burning bush segment? <laughs> I don't know that we actually got there in the end. Well, we Ancient we'll, gardens. That's the other ancient one.
1: Ancient gardens. We promise we'll do those next year. That's coming up for 2019. <coughs> yes, Can yeah, hardly it. wait. But before we do go, we've got a couple of minutes left. Anything you want to throw to? Uh, Yes, uh, we can talk about holly. I'd
0: I'd love to talk about holly. Okay. Yeah, look, it's again, it's one of those plants that uh, I I think is best being plastic. Okay.
2: No, they're beautiful. They grow easily, but you can't find them to buy.
0: I, 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 They're hardy.
2: They'll grow easily. Yeah, look,
0: absolutely. They are a very hardy plant. Uh, but the thing is they won't flower and, and put their red berries on uh, at the right time of year than okay. you it here because it's obviously going to do it in Christmas. Uh, if you've ever pruned one or tried to clean up underneath one, you'll know what I'm talking about. Those You sp- get
2: pricked.
0: Oh, you get more than pricked. Those spikes... <laughs> those spikes are the most horrid things that i have ever put my hands like through they they're really bad right. so you yeah. are talking worse than rose bushes or yeah very much worse than rose bushes and they, they hide they, they you think oh it's christmas you know they're really really nice plant uh, yep. so holly uh, looks fantastic i'll be buying the plastic one for holly Okay. Uh, so you can have the red berries on there as well. You don't actually have to prune or clean up underneath them. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a couple of... Uh, just holly, give them a little wipe every now and then. That's all you have to do and put them away in the cupboard uh, after the Christmas season's over. I've, I've got some holly horror stories.
2: Could I just say I'm, I'm absolutely delighted today with you, Scott. You have not said anything anything against jacarandas
1: well i know you can't
2: because
1: i'm (laughs) here to hit you
2: jacarandas have looked beautiful this year greg haven't they
1: of course they have oh they've
0: looked wonderful
1: littering the streets and people's cars fantastic (laughs) on that note thank you very much i'll see you both next year merry christmas merry christmas
0: (laughs) thanks for listening to this podcast from 2nurfm at the university of newcastle topics range from gardening to health